Okay, people. So it's part two of this week's Echo Chamber. We have a film and special guest stops by to have a little chin wag, right? So, uh, yeah, people, let's get it popping. Okay, people, so we're going to start things off with My Big Fat Greek Wedding Free. Okay, people, so thanks to the great folks at DDA, right, and um, Universal, just got back from seeing my big fat Greek wedding free. Yes, the third part of the saga is soon to drop in cinemas. So this is directed by Nia Vardalos, and she wrote the piece as well, right? It is produced by the original crew, right? This was a big, it's funny, this was a big reunion film, essentially, right? Because we have got Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, and Gary Gutman back on producing duties. It is executive produced by Nia Vardalos. I've got Stephen Sharjan, Scott Niemar, uh, Michael P. Flanagan, and Paul Brooks, with Jonathan Shaw on co-production. Music was handled by Stephanie Ekonumu. Uh, Barry Peterson handled the cinematography. Right. Annette Davey and Craig Herring edited the piece. Production design, we've got Grant Armstrong, right? Art decoration is Daphne Kalagani and Matthew Keary. Right, set decoration, we've got Cloris George and Michael Standish. Right, Timothy A. Wanzik. Costume design, hair and makeup. We've got Ayula Sigrimi, Kathleen Shugru, Alex Priftis, Alexandra Maita, uh, Kairaki Melodu, Rula Linanu, and Georgia. Apple Damia. Oh man, I know I'm butchering names, people. I apologize. Right? So, yeah, as mentioned, right? It is a, um, it is a bit of a reunion, right? It's a bit of a reunion behind the scenes and in front, right? Which means. You know, the Porter Callis family are back, right? So, Nia Vardalos is Tallulah. Her husband, Ian, 
played by John Colbert, right? Her, their daughter, Paris, is played by Elena Camporis. Okay, so her brother, Nia's brother, Nick, is played by Louis Mandalore, who actually was on UFC Unfiltered um, this week, right? Which, I, you know, I've completely forgotten. He was, yeah, he was in this, yeah. UFC Unfiltered, really good episode. Go listen if you um, enjoy MMA. Uh, anyway, right, um, yeah, Tallulah and Nick's mum, Maria, is played by Lainey Kazan. Um, their aunt, Vola, was played by Andrea Martin. No, Andrea Martin is their, um, played Maria, the sister, right? Um, their aunt, Vola, was played by Maria Vacatratis. Um, doo -doo -doo. no, I am right. Sorry. Yes. No. Yeah. Maria is Aunt Flola. Yeah. Boy, it gets very confusing. <laughs> I, I always have trouble with families. I had too many people. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah, the the Joey Fakatola. Yeah. Um, Nick Nikki is played by Gia Kadaris, and Angelo is played by Joey Fatone, right? Uh, Aristotle is played by Elias Kakavas, right? That's um, Paris's ex. Um, Victory, who is a cousin of the um, Patoclus family, is played by Melina Kutsalu. And Omar is played by Stephanie Nia, right? Um, who else do we have? Do, do, do. Peter is played by Alexis Gorgalios. Um, oh, yeah, I pronounced, I said Omar, it's Kumar. Right, Stephanie plays Kumar. Um, Christos is played by Gian Giannis Vistalutus. Alexandra is played by Amphi Andrapulu. Right, yeah, I think we'll stop there. I am really being horrendous with uh, with these names. So, yes, uh, I apologize. Right. So, the gist of the film is this. The Porcalis family heads to Greece for a family reunion. And while there, 
right? Tallulah attempts to locate her deceased father's childhood friends. So, yes, that's that's the gist, people. That's the gist, right? So when you think about this franchise, 2002, April 2002 was when the original film hit. Little Indy as a little train that did good, right? I feel that's the expression. Uh, directed by Joel Zwick. Then, right, 14 years later, March 2016, we get the second entry, My Big Greek, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. This time, Kirk Jones handles direction duties. So, yeah, this time, not such a big gap, right? Not such a big gap. It's seven years, and we get the third entry. So, um, Nia, right, she wrote the previous two, and this time she took over directing duties, as well as the writing. So, supposedly, back, back then, back in 2016, there was actually an idea for the, this third film. Now, unfortunately, things changed, right, because Michael Constantine, who plays Gus in the previous films passed away in 2021. You know, so things changed, but they still were able to make the film. They were still able to make the film. And I think fans of the previous two will be happy to reconnect, right? Happy to reconnect with the fam. Right, with the uh, Portacalis clan. Right, so we open up with this kind of photo montage along with the credits. Now, I'm not quite sure, right, because, you know, I sit in the front row, but it's still hard to see things sometimes. And uh, so I'm not sure if all of these photos were connected with Gus. I feel that would be a nice touch. Right, to open up with this kind of montage. That's the kind of thing, right? Because we're at the awake for Gus, you know, and then, they, they, you know, it's the point of going to Greece. So that would be nice, you know. But the essence of this film, right, it's the reunion and all of this. It is family, right? It's that look at family, that connective tissue, what brings people together and what keeps them together, you know? Now, I think one of the big things with this is, right, because in the first film, Tallulah and Ian get married, right? In the second film, you know, this one is all about Gus and um, Maria reaffirming their nuptials. Yeah. And the second film, it was 17 years after the first, right? We get that time frame. In this third film, we don't necessarily get a time frame. And there's not necessarily a wedding that we know about, 
right? But it's still my big fat Greek wedding. So what's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen? But um, yeah, as I said, look, this is, a, this is all about family. This is all about connective tissue. So we get all of those, you know, the things that we've seen in previous films about how these people, you know, connect with each other. The, the in-jokes, the Alexander the Great. Right, just all of those things, but you know, with Gus gone, the the hierarchy has changed. Right, things have changed. So it's how do they function now? Right, Gus is the head of the family. How do they function? Who's the new head of the family? Right, who's steering the ship? That's what this is. And I, as I said, I think fans will be happy to see that. We is it's funny at the very start we had Tallulah, you know, she's there's a, like some narration as we see, you know, different parts of New York and you know they're traveling and that kind of thing. And um, you know, it's talking about being an immigrant family and how they get together and work together. But, you know, as time goes by, you drift apart slowly, right? You drift apart slowly. But they're Greek, so, you know, they, they, there's always this thing. They cook with love. They do things. And the funny thing is, right, because I think it doesn't really matter the culture, right? Who Whoever you're talking to, they might be, you know, Jamaican, Nigerian, German, Polish, you know, wherever, but it's always, like, you know, even when you think colloquially, regionally, right, internally in a country, like, people from a certain area, you know, it's just like, oh, up north, this is how we cook, but everyone cooks, everyone will say we cook with love, we cook with love, Right, with passion, with heart, we do these things. We connect as a family. We do. No one's ever. I mean, our culture, we're bad cooks. No one likes cooking. We we cook with hate in our hearts. <laughs> no one says that, you know. <laughs> but that is the um, that's the thing. And so they're planning to go to Greece, right? And I, they do have a travel company, but the planning isn't, I wouldn't say the planning's the best. I would not say the planning is the best on this, you know, because who books a trip without accommodation, people? Who books a trip without accommodation? Uh, but when they get to Greece, it is like, it's a, a tourist board advertisement. We see, and, and we get it all the time, right? When when we do things in, you know, you see things set in London. It, they they go past the Big Ben, the House of Parliament, the London Eye. You know, they'll go past Greenwich, and sometimes you think, actually, getting to that place, you you're not going past that place. Like, who would take the, that long after to go past Greenwich to get to? That's a crazy, you know what I mean? But we see all the big spots, which I've got to say, right? It does make you go, oh, man, 
I would love to see that. I'd love to see that in person. So you you sometimes you you'll roll your eyes and be like, oh look, they're rolling out the pantheon, but it works. It does work, right? It's just like, God damn it, I still haven't been yet. I need to see that. Definitely need to go. But we get all of these hijinks, you know, the transportation, you know, just being in the homeland for them, right? That's what the, the family have returned to the homeland, right? And they're going to stay in the village where Gus grew up, right? And as mentioned, Tallulah is looking for his best friends, right? She's returning his diary to the best friends. So we see them in, you know, this village, right? Inhabiting this village, how all of these things work, right? It's not like New York, you know, it's not the hustle and bustle. There's no millions of people living there. So there's all of this. It's the reunion, right? Looking up family, just all of these things. And so, I mean, that's the the selling point, right? Now, there, you know, I, I wouldn't say this film was for me. Right, there were certain things that I wasn't quite sure about, right? Because as I said, there's no time frame from the second film to this film. Maybe there was, and I missed it. But they've been together for let's say at least 25 years. Let's just say that. We'll put a number on it, 25 years. Maybe 20. Mm, you know. But Ian still doesn't know fucking Greek. Right? He know, he's like, oh, I know a few words. He still doesn't really know Greek, which is insane to me. I'm just like, yo, how do you not? Like, these are Greeker than Greek people. You know what I mean? So that you do not know the language is bonkers, right? Because I'd be trying to learn the language just because, you know, it's the woman I love. Right. So I'm showing an effort. Right. But also, I want to make sure they're not cussing me behind my back. Right. You know what I mean? Be like, you walk in and be like, hey, how are you doing? And they'll be like, oh, and you're like, you know, to lose like, oh, they said you look very smart today. Really? They're like, oh, this jackass is still here. Haven't you found someone better yet? Right? So I'd be looking to learn the language just to make sure. Right? So I'd understand if it was just like, oh, I can't write it. You know? Because I think learning to speak something is easier than learning to write it. So that I would get. So, yeah, I, I kind of find it a little bonkers that homie doesn't know. Then there's just other little bits like, you know, the whole accommodation booking, the the looking up the friends, right? Because you think there are tools for that. <laughs> you know, even if it was just social media, there are tools, there are things, you know, that we, we can use. And it's a minor thing. It's a minor thing. Well, there's two minor things, but there's a bit where only two people used to shower and i'm like yo in a normal spot 
right? In a normal spot, right? Or even if you're in Antarctica, let's just say. It's a little funky, right? It's not the best. But when you are in a hot, a hot climate, and Greece is hot. So I haven't been to Greece. I've been to Crete. Crete was, whew, oh my days. It was so fucking hot. So hot, people. So I could, I think I probably showered three times a day. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, to not have a shower after going out? That, that is horrendous. Right? And there's another bit where they go out partying. But they're in, a few of these characters are in bed. And they get up. And they don't change. And I'm like, wait, you went out in your pajamas? You went to a nightclub in your pajamas? What is happening? Right? What is happening, people? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, you know, just minor things, right? Minor, just minor things. There's bits of the script where I just thought, mm, oh, it, it, it felt a little bit forced. You know, sometimes it felt a little shouty, like they're, you know, but, you know, it's different cultures, different ways of communicating, I guess. But, as mentioned, right, this is, it's a family film, you know? So, I, I yeah, I think if you are fans of the preview, and I really like the first film, I haven't actually seen the second, to be honest with you, but I would say, like, if, if you really enjoyed those two previous films, right, you are with this clan, I think this film will be perfect for you, I think it will, you know, reconnect you with everyone, introduce you to these new characters, and you get to see, you know, this, this newest chapter, now, is it the final chapter? I don't know, right? I do feel there are potential possibilities and potential other weddings, you know what I mean? Because it, it, is, it does seem to be the franchise, you need a wedding, right? So I think there are potential other weddings to be had, you know? So, I, you know, and I guess it all depends on how well this does. You know, like, the, these films aren't huge budget films. So, if this fan base really connects, you know, previous films have done very well. So, hey, I imagine if, you know, all goes well, there could be a fourth entry. But who knows? Who knows? All I do know, people, is this Friday, my big fat Greek wedding free drops. So you get to, as mentioned, reconnect with the clan in cinemas. Find out how these crazy motherfuckers will do in a foreign country, right? In the homeland, to be precise. How do they cope? With the death of Gus. Right? And what other issues come up? You know? Can they actually get out the airport? Right? Do they know how to use an airport door? Right? All of that <laughs> will become clear 
when you go to the cinema and watch My Big Fat Greek Wedding Free. And now, people, we are joined by industry titan, right? Executive producer of the film. It is the great Paul Brooks. Okay, people, so I am joined today by Paul Brooks. Now, Paul is, man, Paul's a vet of the film scene, and he's worked on so many great things. So, Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate that. Kevin, thank you for taking the time. No, so, um, yeah, you, you have been producing and executive producing for a long time. Like, what was the, what kind of got you into all of this? Um. You know, I uh, I didn't grow up with TV. We didn't have a TV in my house until I was 13. But my dad loved movies. <clears throat> so I grew up loving movies. I grew up in that period, starting late 60s through the 70s, of just great American movies. And at a time when you could see great double bills. You know, it was an extraordinary time. So I just grew up just with a passion for movies. So I always wanted to do this as a function of you know how deeply they they'd affected me you know as a kid um mm. and you know happily bumbled my way to actually doing it <laughs> well you know that fumbling has turned out to be a a very good job is you have worked on some huge films man like what does that feel like and and when you you know, get involved with a film. Do you know, like, is there a point where you realise that this could be huge? Um, oh, blimey, excellent question. What What I would say is um, I've been fortunate in that, um, like with, with the original Greek Wedding and the original Pitch Perfect, that they were two scripts that were just so fantastic. I, I thought, Christ, I, I just couldn't believe how good they were. So I, I was right place, right time. And that's just, you know, the universe kindly smiling on me. Um, you know, through to a, a movie I did, um, Champions, last year with mm. uh, Woody Harrison and Bobby Farrelly, which um, is based on a Spanish movie, Campeones, uh, which I went and saw at the... A friend of mine at Universal actually had recommended I go and see it. I saw it at the Spanish Film Festival in LA. And I just thought, I, I, I just thought, God, this movie's so good that I just I, I just want to remake it. And so every time is look, you know, you know what it's like, mate, with what you do. You know, we're lucky enough to do something that we really enjoy. And so you, you just want to jump in whenever the moment crops up. And and I've just been fortunate in film that I I have been there where moments have cropped up and I was able to jump in on those moments. Mm. Um and then, you know, one always believes in what one's doing. Um, but I would say one never knows if it's going to, if a movie's going to break out or not. Well, I think one knows when one's made a good movie. Yeah. Whatever that means. Um, but 
but you never know if a movie's going to catch fire. That, that's just in the lap of the gods. And I, and I can tell you on, you know, my big factory wedding, the original movie, I thought this movie is terrific. And I thought, you know, in the US, we could maybe do $30 million box office, which, you know, for a $5 million indie movie, particularly at that time, would have been really impressive. I didn't think we'd do 230 million. It was kind of, it was crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's, but, I, but I think that's, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be in the zeitgeist, um, when everything just comes together, things just sort of take over. And 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 that's that's what's happened, you know. It's uh, fortunate, you know. It's happened. I've been lucky more than once. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. But my my overwhelming emotion is gratitude. I, you know, I'm just just forever grateful that I've been able to do what I wanted to do and had some moments. And uh, and everyone, I still get the same thrill going into a to a movie theater. And seeing a movie of mine and just I always sneak in the back and just see how an audience responds. I And I get the same thrill, by the way, as just a member, I, as an audience member. I love seeing trailers. I love can't wait to see, you know, I saw Oppenheimer recently just blew me away. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. I'm looking forward oh, to checking it out. Great movie. Uh, now, I have to pull you up on something. As you Uh-oh. said, right, you were in the right place at the right time. You know, yeah, but. I will say, right, a load of other people may have read some of these scripts. You might not have been the first person to read it. Like, if you got the script first and were like, oh, perfect, boom, I'm signing this. Yeah, you know, that that's a bit of, that could be a bit of luck. But there's times when you wouldn't have been the first person to read a script, but you're the one that's like, I'm going to take a chance on this. I feel this will be something. So I think that, you know, there's something to that as well. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, uh, kind of you, incredibly perceptive and bang on. I never, rarely the first one, Fogo, you know, other places before me. But um, I I think the the only thing I will say, uh, which sounds like a rather ghastly pat on the back, which is not uh, in my nature, is that I, I I do, I jump without fear. I, mm. I don't mind making a fool of myself. I don't mind falling over. I don't mind being completely wrong. I, I But I just want to do. And if I believe in something, then I'll jump. And yes. so um, that, 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 that is true. That, that's the only sort of attribute that I think has helped me along the way is that um, I, I do function that way. I think... That is probably the best way to function in this kind of industry because, you know, there's there's a whole heap of films, right, that are good films, great films, but you might not like them. You know, but you can look at the production and everything and go, this was done very well. The, I, the cinematography, yeah. the, the set design, the costume, all of this is great. It's not for me, though. Right, which is fine, because not everything has to be for you. But I think it's being able to see those things, see the quality in something and be like, I might not connect with it, but I know there is a big audience for this thing. Right. Well, you certainly one hopes as an audience. But no, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, you know, I just happened to connect with the material that, that I connected with. Mm. Um, 
other smarter, more successful producers out there just wouldn't have connected with it. And it's no more, no less than that. If you just connect with something, you connect. You know, look, I, I'm a Gunner. I'm an Arsenal fan. There are people out there who bizarrely don't support Arsenal. Well, I can't they're help crazy, that. Paul. They're weird people. <laughs> Come on now. Who doesn't love Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, no, I, I've been there with you. Uh, I've been, and, you know, through the dry times. You know what I mean? You're through through those oh, dry man. times. Oh, man, there's been plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but let's not get getting we that's so great let's you know we, we we got a bit carried away last season but it was still brilliant but mm. let's uh let's not get too carried away because we spent 200 million we must have a shot this Ooh. year but <laughs> i know i know right <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <laughs> it's so funny. oh man hey but you know right before we get on to the the thing we're here to talk about i will say as well You've been able to find people and give people an opportunity at the very beginning. Like you gave James Gunn his, you know, big shot with Sliver. You know, Bobby Farrelly with Champions as his solo directorial debut. So it, 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 it's being able to spot these things is not everyone's got that. Man, Kevin, you are asking some fun on questions. What? <laughs> What I would say is, um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the other thing that I've been able to do is, is I've had a good nose for talent it, it, and talent that may be unproven. But but I've, I think I'm pretty good with people. And with James, when we were talking about, uh, you know, trying to find a director, I just said to him at one point, I said, man, why don't you just direct it yourself? You wrote it. You know how to do it. And. You know, um, Jason Moore, who hadn't directed anything, directed the first um, Pitch Perfect. I just had dinner with him, and uh, and he just seemed so smart to me. I thought, mate, you should just great, excited, make the movie. Liz Banks, who I made Slither with, you know, um, the studio Universal, my partner on Pitch Two, said, you know, what do you think about Liz directing Pitch Two? I said, I'm in. I'd offered her movie to direct way back. I'd offered. Um, my friend Tunde to direct The Fourth Kind when nobody had, had given him a movie, but he'd written it. And I thought, well, this guy, if he's written it, he's got a great shot. Um, yeah, Bobby Farrelly, look, you know, you never know with directing partnerships who does what. But I was like, there's no way this guy doesn't have great instincts. Mm. So, I've, again, it's back to sort of an earlier point, which is that I've not been afraid to jump in. And I've just believed that talent always outs and if somebody if they can you know if they can smell it you can smell it on them and so i, I just rolled the dice with them and, and i have to say it's worked out virtually every time in fact i've just um i've just finished a movie called last breath in 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 malta based on a documentary um of the same name uh, about a diving accident in the north sea an extraordinary story and i hired the documentary director to direct that movie because the documentary was so extraordinary and we were like oh, talking about directors and then my son and I who I we who I did it with we sort of had this epiphany of like well, why don't we have Alex direct it so yeah great question but I, I've always been a fan of jumping in on early talent mm, mm. and um you jumped in a third time with my big fat Greek wedding <laughs> 
So, nicely done. <laughs> what was it that uh, you know brought you into this film? Well, Nia had actually had the idea for, for this movie um, many years ago, um, and then for a variety of reasons, uh, um, you know, it it became sort of the time to make it. We went through this. Uh, you know, the challenge of sadly Michael Constantine being unwell and uh, knowing that he wasn't going to be a part of it. And he was the one who said, just guys, go make the movie. And mm. then, of course, as you know, he became his his death became actually a, a key constituent of the movie. Um, but we, we all wanted to to go back to Greece to have a finish to it all. You, you know, it's been a 20 year journey. Um, and, and I just thought it was a lovely story um, and, and just just wanted to be supportive and just wanted to make it. OK, now throughout your career, right, you've done producing and executive producing on this one. You're the executive producer. So but because you guys, you're not really front and center most of the time. We don't always hear about who's producing, executive producing a film. You know, it's the cast, it's the writer, it's the director. You know, sometimes the person that does the score, cinematography. So sure. what was your kind of role with this film? Um, the Greek wedding has been different to, to a degree uh, with all my other films um, in that um, I... Uh, 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 you know, as ever was part of the development process. Would you know, Nia and I would talk about the script, um, and certainly uh, you know, actively involved in post. Um, but um, it, it because it was a movie that Plato and Gary Getzman and Tom Hanks' company and Rita had brought to me back in the day. You know, um, I wanted to be respectful of their uh, perspective on it and mm. sort of take you know, a little bit more of a backseat than I would normally do. Um, and certainly, you know, wanted to be supportive of Nia and uh, and uh, and her take on it all. But it, but it's always been a very collaborative family experience. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been brilliant. It's just been a slightly different scenario to me. But you're right, by the way, n nobody wants to speak to producers. I understand that because we're a dreadfully dull bunch. Um, <laughs> but... We, uh, we we grind away behind the scenes uh, and really all we're about is supporting talent, you know, mm. and then, you know, you, you hope you have a perspective that, you know, is part of the discursive process. Um, and, you know, sometimes one's right, sometimes one's wrong. You know, when it comes to marketing a film, I, I try and I get in quite deep there because ultimately, you know, as you know, it's one thing making a film and you, you it's harder than making a good film. You hope you've made a good film, but then the distribution is key. You know, yes. and I've been lucky. I've had Universal as, as my main distribution partners for, for over 20 years. And so uh, we have a, a real, a great shorthand, Universal slash Focus. Um, but the marketing is as important as the film. If you can't get that campaign right, it's tough to get folk into theatres. So I tend to be anal obsessive about that. Well, I mean, we have seen it go wrong so many times, right? I think a big yeah. film I always reference is John Carter. 
because I thought that was a real. I enjoyed the hell out of the film. Absolutely. But I don't think anyone understood what it was. I think if you'd read the original books, you you would know. But there's a lot of people that haven't read those books. So it's just like, what is this film? And I think the, the marketing campaign did a terrible... They spent a load of money, but it was not clear. And sometimes right. you see the marketing budgets of these things. And it's... Because I do marketing and comms. Right. And I... I think to myself, you didn't need to spend all of that money. Like, I don't understand where all that money went for what you had produced. You know, it, yeah. it's a very odd thing sometimes. Yeah, no, you, you're totally right. By the way, because I, I, I do agree, I thought it was a terrific movie, that sometimes you just can't get the campaign to click. And that can be a mixture of a bunch of things. Mm. Sometimes, it's, honestly, it's just mistakes. Other times... You, for whatever reason, you just can't find the point, the point in it, the key in it. Um, but but what you're absolutely 100% right about is you have to give the audience a clear message. You, even if the clear message is, by the way, there's some mystery in this message, but at least we're telling you the ride, the basic DNA of the ride that you're going to go on. Yes. And if you don't do that, and here's the thing, you know, ironically, um, Slither didn't work commercially. I love the movie. It's a wonderful movie. Um, it didn't work because we were in that tough comedy horror subgenre, which is really tough to, to get right because it's mixed messaging and folks mm. well, hang on, what am I seeing here? So, um, yeah, to your point, it, it, it's, um, it's always sad when you see a really good movie that just can't, you know, reach, reach an audience. But, but also the other thing is that, Honestly, mate, it's a crapshoot. You just you just don't know. Some you think, God, this movie's going to work, and it doesn't. That movie's not yeah. going to work, and it. Doesn't. You just don't know. So the end at the end of the day, you know, the punters either fancy it or they don't. Mm. You know, it, it's a strange thing. Somebody had come up with a brilliant description in in uh, one of the trade magazines years ago. I think it was Screen International, and asking about why do people go to movies, and. Uh, it was sort of an overarching comment speaking to campaigns, but it, but but it was essentially saying, and I still believe this, that it's like when you go to a dog park and somebody blows a silent dog whistle. We can't hear it, but all the dogs come and then all the dogs come rushing. It's like some movies have that, you know, silent dog whistle where you think, I mean, look, my big fat green wedding. I, I, I never knew it was going to be the monster it became. It had the silent dog whistle. You know, yeah. we had a good campaign, but it had the silent dog whistle. And so, you know, that's just that's just the nature of it sometimes is things happily explode and you didn't expect it. And you sort of scratch your head a little bit. You're just grateful that it happened. Mm, yeah, because I know you um, handled the UK distribution of Donnie Darko and that yeah. did not catch fire straight away. Which were you know I watched when I first watched it I was yeah. blown away I was like this is incredible, but it took ages for people to seem to jump on it. Well, and also ironically, um, the, the very similar uh, to Austin Powers and Pitch Perfect. What I mean by that was um, it exploded in home entertainment. The video numbers were just insane for that movie, and we had. Uh, 
Austin Powers, the original movie, did very well, but it, you know, it didn't do like crazy great. Same with Pitch mm. Perfect, which is very well, but not crazy great. But the home entertainment numbers on DVD were insane. And so people found those movies in, in home end, which then gave us a platform. Both of those movies, I wasn't involved in Austin Powers, obviously, I'm just using it as a, as a comment. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where um, you know, the, the sequels to those movies were huge theatrical hits because people had discovered them in, in the home entertainment world. So it's so really interesting. I, I think that's one of the good things about the, the film ecosystem. Mm, I know, it is very fascinating, all of these different, there's so many components to it, you know? Right, And absolutely. Talking about Pitch Perfect, actually, in the TV series, bump, is it Bumper in Berlin? Bumper? Right, um, yeah. Did that experience help you with my big fat greek wedding free because bumper in berlin is set in germany so it's handling production and scouting and just getting those licenses and all of that in a different country so how did i that... had nothing to do with that TV ah. series. <laughs> my, my 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 colleagues max and liz uh handled all that because i don't uh, i mean obviously i participated as a as a rights holder but i i i don't do tv as i say it's not a world i i know i didn't grow up with it um so happily, um, Max was in Berlin grinding away. So all credit is is due to him uh, and Liz on that. Uh, right, I am, right. I'm t- totally without use in that scenario. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Is you're useful everywhere else. So that that you know Sometimes. you can't have you can't have everything. I guess. Paul. <laughs> well, what what was the biggest challenge for you? on my big fat um you know every film is a challenge um just getting you know the locations to gel getting the timings to work out you know we were making the movie during the pandemic so that that was really challenging and having to juggle covid cases and um uh yeah we 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 got through it all but that was um that that was give me one second because i'm about to lose my um sorry Ah, was go there we go um yeah so so that it's just on a practical level that that was a super challenge um and it was a bit nerve-wracking because i made three movies during the pandemic um and we couldn't get uh covid insurance so we had to take uh, the risk, and and that was, uh, yeah, that that was a bit nerve wracking. Mm. Um, so, so that candidly, that you know, that that was all, other than the the usual challenges of making a film. But you know, as I was saying, making a film is a high class problem. You know, people have real life challenges, particularly now, and pff, making a film is just, you know, I'm grateful to have the problems. Okay, now because there's been a few films that have filmed in Greece. You know, Mamma Mia. That was in Greece, oh. Mamma Mia 2. I believe Linklater's third before film was in Greece. So, like, right. do you, if you're looking at a certain location that you haven't worked in before, do you sometimes reach out to a friend who may have dealt in that field, dealt in that spot, and be like, what were the constraints? Like, what were the issues that you had? Is there anything I should know? Like, do you ask those questions? You know, like, how does this work? Yeah, we, we try and do some due diligence, but fortunately, um, the, um, Gary and Tom and Rita had made Mamma Mia 
uh, in Greece, uh, the the certainly the second one. So, you know, we there was a comfort level there. Um, oh, and, gosh, yes, they were. On yeah, the floor, weren't they? yeah. So, so that that made life. Uh, yeah, the the path was a, a bit easier, and, and yeah, and the confidence path was uh, was certainly a bit easier there because of that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that must have been helpful. Was yeah. there any thought about bringing out some, you know, my big fat Greek wedding branded olive oil? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's so funny. Uh, again, fun question. When we uh, after the first movie. There were all these, you, you may remember, sort of big fat this and big fat that. Oh, my big gosh, yeah. It started all fat, of that stuff. Yeah, and somebody had opened a big fat something restaurant and we were like, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> can, well, firstly, can we sue any of these buggers? And we're like, well, we can't. We can't always simple. My big, we didn't invert, invite, in, invent the words, you know, my big fat. Um, and then we were, well, yeah, shouldn't we do something on the merch front? Shouldn't we? And then uh, we just didn't think about it anymore. But but it is one wonders going forward, particularly because we've had such great partnerships with you know Greek uh, organisations uh, in in both the UK, mm. uh, Australia, and uh, and the States. You know as to whether yeah should we should we maybe think of something like that? And if I may, I'll take that. I'll take that as my idea. Um, so, <laughs> that, and then my big fat Greek wine and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. would it be wine or would it be grappa? Grappa, the the, the green. No, uzo. 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 That's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Woo, uzo oh. is strong as hell. <laughs> By the way, Greek wine is actually very good. So, uh, if anybody hasn't sampled Greek wine, it's definitely worth trying. Mm, mm. Yeah, there's a long time ago that I had some uh, very nice Greek wine, actually. Yeah, yeah that's good wine that. tasting. Yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, no, that I think that would be fun. Bring out some, uh, you know, yeah. just, like well, bakery stuff, like you know. If if this movie works, then maybe we'll do that. <laughs> oh man! So like, when it finished, when everything was finished, like, um, what was that feeling like? Because it feels like this was a very emotional kind of journey. So to to have it all completed and you know see that final finished version. Yeah, I mean it's always very satisfying when you when you finish a film. Um, and as you say, this one, you know that that is the the slight kink with this one is that we do go on a an, an emotional journey on this one beyond the others. Um, and but it's still a, a fun ride. But it, we certainly take a you know we take a lane in, in that third act. But which I hope. Uh, people you know find satisfying because ultimately it's it deals with loss but it deals yeah. with hope and it's still ultimately very life-affirming and it's just it's about the nature of family and everything that families are all about um you know love and loss mm. um, and mm. laughter and pain and all of that um but i think it does it in the greek fat wedding way you know hopefully people the tone of it i think feels feels authentic so um, yeah, but it, in answer to your question, it's uh, yeah, it, it was very satisfying. A, a movie that, as I say, Nia had had the idea for many years ago to uh, to have got it, you know, in the can. And then it's it's so exciting to for, to, have, to be having this conversation, for example, just that it's out there now. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's you know, and I shall still sneak in the theaters tonight and just sit at the back and watch it because I love seeing 
you know, people in theatres and, and how they react. It, uh, that thrill has never gone away from me. Yeah, that must be uh, that must be a nice experience. To totally. See, yeah, that enjoyment of people consuming something that you've worked so hard on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. So do you think this is the last time we, we catch up with the clan? <clears throat> Excellent question. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't possibly comment, Kevin. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think let's, you know, let's see if people like this one and if they like this one, you know, it's really, I think, you know, if Nia feels there's, there's something, there's a story to tell, then I'm, I'm sure we'd, we'd, uh, we'd love to see if there's somewhere else to go, but, um, Let's see. It's really it's it's down to audience reaction to this and, you know, and how and how she feels about it. Um, but I, I'm just delighted to have got the third one done. Mm-hmm. And distribution, like because it's hitting the cinema this Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as you said, like with other films, like the, the, their success really blew up in the, you know, home entertainment field. So when you're looking at this film and the you know the barometer for success is the streaming aspect a component of that sure yeah yeah the the, the um the whole ecosystem is has always been crucial you know from back in the day when uh once once movies migrated to then having a television life then video came along then dvd came along and uh, before then pay tv came along you know and now we have the streaming world it's a crucial part of the ecosystem and so uh but 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 the the key part certainly for the movies that that, that i make are that they distribution has to be led by theatrical i love seeing movies in the theaters and movies like greek wedding i think are movies that folk I just hope they see them in theatres because it's a communal experience. Um, but but also that lays up a great platform for folk to discover these movies, you know, in the afterlife, whether it's, you know, VOD or pay TV or whatever it is, or TV. Um, theatrical gives it the exposure. And I think, you know, I'm a huge believer in cinema. It's It's been part of our lives and part of our cultures for decades. I don't think it's going away. People are coming back. You know, we talked about Oppenheimer. There's Barbie, of course. And the smaller movies that are breaking through. My, my mm. friends, Max and Liz, have just made th- this movie, Bottoms, which is doing terrific business in America and hopefully will do, you know, worldwide. Um, so I, I'm the, the ecosystem is an ecosystem. And there's different shapes to it over the decades in terms of what parts, what percentages of that jigsaw each is is contributing what matters is that there is an effective ecosystem but more than that i just love cinema man and i just love seeing movies in cinemas and i, I don't believe that experience is ever going away i think that is a perfect way to um conclude this man because i highly oh. agree with those words that's a great sentiment and i yeah i don't think that's ever gonna change and go so Thank you so much for your time, Paul. Really appreciate, and I, you know, I love this conversation. I, hopefully, we can have 
more down the line because this has been great thank you for your time David total pleasure um cross fingers for this season um but uh it's been an absolute pleasure and, and I I loved it really brilliant question man thank you so much Oh, no problem. All the success to you, man. I, th I think fans of this franchise will be very happy with this last, well, I won't say this last one, this new Thank entry. You. So, you know, Thank all the best for you, man. And um, looking forward to see what comes from you in the future. Much appreciated. Look out for Last Breath coming out through entertainment uh, film dis distributors uh, this time next year. Splendid. Um, we'll that's do. the next one. All right, All right, man. Appreciate it, mate. All right, Cheers. take care. Thank Bye. you. Yo, so, hey, we come to a close of the episode, but, man, ah, I was, it, it was gutting that we only had half an hour of Paul because how interesting was that cat, right? So much wisdom because he's been in the game for so long, right? So long working on so many incredible films. So I thought we could have talked for at least another probably couple of hours, right? So hopefully we will have Paul on again to um, continue that conversation. But uh, yeah, there you go. My Big Fat Greek Wedding is out Friday the 8th, right? So that was this episode. But remember, we also have a part one where we looked at films such as Choose Love, right? The Slumber Party, The Little Mermaid, live action, Rise of the Foot Soldier, Vengeance, right? So plenty to sink your teeth in. So go check that out. There was an Echoes from the Void this week as well, right? Looked at news. And we also covered the After Party season two and the first episode of the upcoming, right, new series called The Changeling, which drops this Friday, the 8th of September. So definitely worth checking, people. So until next week, enjoy your film watching. Peace.